Kanichiwa. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this week's podcast is being brought to you by Reach. Did you know that 98% of people say that they would attend church if invited by a friend, yet only 2% of churchgoers say they are actively inviting? Reach was started to change this stat to give people a better way to invite. Reach, 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 I can't get through it. I freaking try, man. Come on, we got to have the version we can record. I tried. Okay, there we go. Auga, auga. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same spot every time. Reach equips congregations to invite friends in a powerful and scalable way. For every check-in on Facebook and tag on Instagram, a donation is made to a kingdom-building cause. More people hear about church from their friends. And more good is done around the world. It's as simple as that. Reach is offering a special promotion for Church Planner Podcast listeners. To get your first month free, get started. Just visit causely.com forward slash reach and sign up using the promo code podcast. Did you get (laughs) them? Did you like that? Did you get them? I was trying to see if I could make you laugh. I was busy doing a... What ended up being probably my finest work as a it, as a professional was, podcaster. You could actually cut out the faux pas. I'm in cutting the middle, it out, <laughs> and that could be that could be pretty good. I'm cutting out one of the faux pas. I'm cutting out the one where I clapped. The other one, eh. yeah. Eh. I, I I actually thought it was kind of cool what you did with your mouth when <laughs> you made your first mistake. You were kind of like it was like that lady on. Uh, what was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's in Mark. Two, two weeks. Two, two, two oh, oh, weeks. Oh, Total Recall. It total was recall. like that. Yeah, Total Recall. It was like total. It was like you were breaking down. Like I expected your head to split open like a robot. Well, here's it, you talk about my Ouga. Arnold Schwarzenegger to come out. Yeah, it's me. Well, see, here's the thing. I, and I, I'm not admitting that I watch this show, but there's a rumor that my wife and I have been watching Entourage again. I don't even know what that is. I, I think it's probably best because you it's not a good show. Oh. But we've been is watching that like it. Games Games of Thrones that all those evil devil worshippers watch. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, one of the characters well, uh, it's all about a couple of actors, right? But one of the characters, his name is Johnny Drama. And that's what he does whenever he goes into a a, a script reading, he goes, Ooga! Ooga! <laughs> <laughs> It's like just, I knew that came from somewhere, but well, I was thinking it was more the eighties. I, you know, here's the reality: I've never had an original thought in my life. I'm not starting now. Hey, man, I totally agree. I ripped all my book stuff off from other people, uh, mostly me, which is why you thanked me in the acknowledgments. Absolutely. In fact, the whole <laughs> book, Pete, is just a giant thank you to Pete Mitchell. <laughs> Did you see what I posted on on Facebook this morning? No, I put, uh, you know how you can do those colored backgrounds and, you know, you can put a quote in there like it's yeah. your own little still don't know how to do that. But yeah, 
I know so what you mean. I put in quotes, I am so impressed with me, Pete Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great is when you're an author, you get to actually quote yourself and share your own quote. <laughs> Dude, I love how you gave Ben's the job of making all those memes. Yeah. And like you gave him the long, like a whole paragraph from your book. You're like, here, Ben's put this on a meme for me. <laughs> Not hey, like you could have breaking it down at your own discretion, Ben's. You know, he, well, you know, Ben's isn't reading the stuff. He's literally cut and paste. <laughs> Whatever you give, that's what he's going to give you. Yeah, he did a good job though. Fair oh, he play. did a great More job. Power to Ben's. Oh yeah, I know. He's he's great. Awesome. Love Ben's. Hey, you were going to tell me on last week's podcast, you had something that happened and and you're like, it's so funny. I got to tell you, I'm like, should you save it for the podcast? You're like, yeah, I am. I'm going to mark this. I'm going to save it. And then you never brought it up. What was it? No, it was Siri singing queen. It was just that. Oh, that's it? I feel like yeah, such a letdown. But when I heard about it, it wasn't all over Facebook. Somebody messaged me, hey, do this. And I did. So then I started seeing on Facebook. So by the time we got to the podcast, we recorded later in the week. Actually, a week late, we recorded. Well, three Um, days, four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it was actually the following week. So um, it it was all over then. You're you're not even going to acknowledge Kirk? You're not even giving him a, a, hey, I got Kirk Overstreet. Yeah, sure. Hey, Kirk, thanks for that. So, hey, what happened this last week besides your your wonderful... Well, I, I don't have anything exciting, man. All I can tell you is I'm working at my office. I got no food. I got no job. No, literally, I got, like, my house. I Did I tell you, like, they were in there with hazmat suits, like E.T. was in there? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, when I go to the bathroom, I have to get in my car and drive down the road to Starbucks, which I will tell you, they just put a new Starbucks... Uh, uh, you know, at the freeway, right where, you know, the, the five hits my, my, my cross street. So it's not too far, but when you got to go, you got to go. So getting in the car and seat belting up and driving See, down the street. That would be like a version of hell for you because you got to pee all the time. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. Like, you have, you know, peeing, uh, let's just say things can be arranged. But, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, it's like, I don't have a toilet, but I still got like still a got backyard a where the toilet used to be. I mean, that I, can be arranged. I still it's, got the backyard. I got all this space out there, this land. Yeah, man. You know, I can fill a mason jar. I mean, there's lots of things you can do, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I this just, is going into just, a very bad place. I just Pete. heard the sound of so many listeners shut off their podcast <laughs> right there. Yeah, we should probably back that up. So I don't know that I've had anything exciting happen this week. No, I do have something that I don't think I want to bring it up on the podcast yet because I want to talk to you about it in our uh, weekly uh, melee session tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, but it was pretty interesting, man. It was pretty interesting. Good. All right, man. Well, I'm digging that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sorry, listeners. <laughs> you guys got to wait at a minimum another week. Uh-huh. Oh, but I will say this. I am so, so stinking excited because, um, and, and no, this is not a commercial for the Bible Winter Circle, which you can find at BibleWinterCircle.com. <laughs> but, uh, I'm so excited because the August newsletter, which is about 56 pages in length, 
uh, is being delivered to my house today. Nice. Today. And and by the way, that has the the, the first, I would say, quarter of a book I've been working on for maybe even the first fifth for a couple of years, the Ninja Church Planning book, yep. um, which will never see the light of traditional publishing because it is a niche within a niche. But I believe that book will be the next revolution of church planning, including <laughs> Pete. It's got a section on Bible church planning in it. I just want to know, are you going to acknowledge me when you finally publish that book or I'm going to dedicate it to you. I think I, I really do. I, here's how I think to you need Pete. to approach this. I think you need to say, none of these ideas would have ever come to fruition had it not been for the loyalty of my good friend and mentor, Peter Dean Ford Mitchell. That's Ooh, all you need. I didn't it. know you had two, uh, two middle names. Dude, I got D and F, just like my grades oh, in man. school. You know, I would, I would leave, I, I would expect of you to have two middle names because you're that kind of guy. And, but, but and I'm a third. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed you don't have a third. And I'm a third. Peter Dean Ford Mitchell, the third. Oh, man. Are you serious? Okay. No. Okay. So you win. <laughs> no, you not. win the title. How right great there. would that be? But no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. That would have been rad. No, I wanted then, to and name. Then if you could put like Esquire at the end, that would have been rad. I wanted to name uh, Luke Pete Mitchell, and part of me wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to pass on my name. <laughs> part of me wanted to do it because Jamie said I couldn't. And so then it was like, what do you mean I can't name my own son after me? What you talking about, woman? Hey, man, let me tell you, that tree never interested anybody in the garden until God said you couldn't eat of it. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm just saying. That was <laughs> – I, I was like, mm, that's fighting words. So that's why Luke's middle name is Peter because – I was like, all right, I can't do the first name. I'm doing his middle name then. Huh. Take that. Absolutely. So, guys, just a little <laughs> tidbit. Um, I there might just be someone's voice you recognize at the beginning of the exponential podcast uh, you know, interviews. And I'm just saying you might just wanna go on there and say how much you enjoyed the introduction. You know what I think it'd be funny is uh <laughs> is after uh, exponential got that introduction back, they're like Oh, we actually wanted the other guy's voice. <laughs> I think there was a mix-up, but... Uh, oh, that's Peyton? We thought the other guy was Peyton. The brilliant <laughs> one. Welcome to the Exponential Podcast. <laughs> what, do I sound like that? you can make me spit my coffee out. <laughs> you did almost make a mess just in. I know. Oh, you know, we should actually tell everyone what today's topic is, because I didn't even ask you before we started recording. Yeah. Hey, today's topic is being all things to all men in your community. Oh, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I kind of like that. Kind of like where yeah. you kind of like where your head's at. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh Comic-Con happened. I know. I was surprised you didn't uh invite you usually, usually you invite me and we don't go, but you know. Yeah, we should though. You know, you can I I can get in any year I want. And in fact, this year I was given a a free day pass and I didn't take it. But one of the guys from New Breed his name's Jerry uh Jerry McGuire. Jerry uh he you know Jerry. Jerry Jerry's one of the few planters that actually came and took you up on your offer to uh to watch your your your, your big screen TV. That's right. That's right. So Jerry 
you know, he, he's a, he's a globe trotter. He's all over. He's new breed global. And so he's back in town right now. And he was like, he, he, I said, did you, did you, cause he is a Marvel nerd. I mean, the guy is super into Marvel comics. And so it, it, there's always a little bit of a DC Marvel rivalry with us, but I have to say I'm starting to convert a little <gasps> bit. I'm That's a happy saying. day for me because I am not a DC guy. I am a Marvel guy. No doubt. Well, you know, there's a point at which, you know, you watch college ball and then you go, I really like college ball, but you know, the NFL just has cooler commercials and cooler logos and it's funner to watch. And uh, maybe I do like the NFL just a little bit more, even though I really like college ball. It's starting to feel like that. I thought it was funny because in uh, the Voxer group for the Bible Winter Circle, which you can find all about at com, Charlie Marquez was saying that his favorite thing is college football. And I thought that was so funny. I knew that about I knew that about well, him. I wouldn't be surprised if you knew that about him. I yeah. didn't know that about him. I thought it was funny because I was like, wow, I didn't realize people actually watch college football. Yeah, he's really into that UCLA USC rivalry. That, is he? That's a big thing to Charlie. Oh, Which man, side is every, he on? Almost every sermon he preached, there are two things that would be in it: either a cut against the team he didn't like, I can't remember which one it was, and the grace of God. Those two <laughs> things would always be present in his sermons. You could bank on it. <laughs> I don't know. See, I used but, to just tune Charlie out when he preached. No, I'm but, just kidding. But I'm so, just anyways, kidding. Uh, Jerry, you know, he, Jerry's this kind of guy where. Um, Jerry just kind of walks. He's he, he walks the earth like King from the Kung Fu, and anywhere he goes, God just opens doors for him. He's very apostolic, and he's very mellow. I mean, very mellow, kind of like you know who he reminds me of. I always tell him, "You are uh, Iron Fist." That's Jerry. He's like this quiet, unassuming guy, and then suddenly, you know, he goes, "I'm the Iron Fist," and you know, he kicks butt. That's how that guy is for the kingdom. So he's all over the world most of the time. He's in like Indonesia. He's in some little village in India. He's cool, man. He is he is probably 15 years younger than me and still what I want to be when I grow up. So anyways, Jerry, <laughs> I got together with him this week and I said, so because he, he in goes, town? Hey, pray for me. I'm going to try to infiltrate Comic-Con. Now is, he'll do it legally. Is, is he so, in town? Yeah. Yeah, he's in town. No, okay. So he hops a train. Um, from Oceanside to San Diego and he's just praying and uh, he he goes and he sits on this you know he walks around all the events eats the food goes to some he's on a he's he's on TV getting a picture taken with the guy from that show Chuck and then you know which, which is his favorite show so I don't no, even know no, what Chuck is I, I, it's it's like a guy who works at Home Depot undercover is like a spy I think that's the whole thing and so that's his favorite show. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's typical Jerry that he got on for that. Because last time he went to the Star Wars gathering um, when we were out here, and I, he got he, into that. He, and got he met all that. the Star Wars people, and then he ended up seeing a private screening on the big screen of the trilogy. That like it was insane. All the stuff he got to do, and he didn't have a ticket. Right? Somehow the guy meets people. So he's sitting on this bench outside of Comic Con, and this lady sits down next to him. And she's like, oh, my back, you know, oh. And he goes, oh, are, are you okay? And she says, well, no, um, actually, it's just my back. I've been uh, I'm so tired. They have me signing autographs all day. And he goes, oh, well, who, who are you with? And she goes, well, I'm with the Adult Swim group and uh, on Cartoon Network. And I, I work for something called the Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job. 
Well, I got to be honest with you. I love that show. I have no idea what that show is. I've never even heard Nobody of it. Nobody knows what that show is. It's on at 3.30 in the morning. How do I know this? Because when I adopted my baby, uh, I had to do bottle feedings because I took the 3 a.m. shift. And that show was so bizarre and weird, it showed at 3.30 a.m. So uh, I think they wanted to hide it from the world. And I told him, I go, dude, I love that show. He goes, I knew you'd know that show. He goes, of course, you of all egos. I haven't met anyone knows what that show is. And I'm like, well, I don't know any of the adult swim shows anymore because they, they've gotten a little bit ripe. But uh, but that show is pretty good. And so, you know, it's it's decent. It's just bizarre humor. And uh, so anyways, he ends up getting a pass to go in there. Now, we're not talking like a Comic-Con ticket. He gets the last Comic-Con ticket. But what kind of Comic-Con ticket does he get? The professional Comic-Con ticket. They get him in. He hangs out with them on private panels, gets front row seats to everything. <laughs> Are you serious? As a professional for the next four days. Are you serious? I am dead serious. All because he just he, befriended yeah. that lady? Yeah. He can bypass. He can go to any friends and family line and bypass. So he, he gets his thing signed by Stan Lee. This is Stan Lee's last appearance. He's never met Stan Lee. He still hasn't technically met him, but he got Stan Lee to sign something, right? Last chance. Boom. Right in there. Didn't have to wait in the big giant line. Just boom. Front of line, baby. Interesting. That's Jerry. Yeah. That yeah, is Jerry. God is with that man. That's all I can say. Because <laughs> I remember that happening with the Star Wars. I remember yeah, it, it's he, he was like there was he he said he was around the one of the entrances and somebody was coming out that was in like the full star wars gear you know totally dressed up like a character and clearly was leaving he's like hey uh are you uh you gonna save your your pass and the guy just kind of looks at his pass looks at jerry and goes here enjoy and gives it to him yeah and that's how he got in yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, I've I've done stuff like that. I'm not quite on the level that Jerry's at, but uh, oh, I'm not even close. No, man. But I got into BlizzCon that way. I had the security guy just, you know, boom, go on in, pal. You I know, know you, boom. but see, you're really into that. Like, uh, we've had that discussion. You really like World of Warcraft. Yeah, I do. You know, I I don't get to play that stuff anymore so much. I mean, once you have kids. And even back then, like with my wife, but I like anything Blizzard does. I'm like, a, I'm trying to think how long I've been playing Blizzard games. I think I started playing Blizzard way back in like 92 or whenever it was it. Diablo and all that stuff came out. I was there, man, early on. So I remember yeah, when I, I was working for Interplay, I wanted to buy a computer that could handle their, their games because they're a big gaming company. Sure. And... I still didn't play any of the games. <laughs> I was like, eh, it's not me. That's that's the number one thing. When you work for video game companies, you you kind of don't really play the video games. Well, it Unless depends. you work for Blizzard. It just depends on what department you're in. For me, like it's not my... I get too frustrated with video games. Yeah. If I can't literally figure out a way to hack the game, cheat the game, or in some way always win, I don't want to play. Well, so like with with Blizzard, it was funny because it was real time strategy. It was like, um, you know, those ones were like, I guess now Clash of Clans and all that stuff is the big stuff. Um, 
But back then, that that was those were like the games. It was the big game. It was right. the best game. And uh, and the the cool thing was they had cheats that were the internet was young man, but you could find those cheats. You know, forward slash. You know, um, you know, buy more gold or something like that. Gold unlimited. And boom, you'd have like a million resources, and you could build whatever in the hey. You could have these epic games, man. I remember they networked our computers back in my first year in ministry. It's a little known fact about me. I had one of the elders come to me and say, hey, uh, we really want you to be the next pastor. But I, I was 23, 22, 23 years old. And I was the interim pastor. And I was getting all my buddies together. One was in the treasurer's office. One was in the secretary's office. One was in the youth pastor's office. One was in my office. And it was like we were networking, having these epics said, oh, dude, you blew up my base, you know, and uh, all your base are belong to us. And, it, you know, and the uh, one of the elders came to me and said, hey, uh, we really want you to be our next pastor, but we're, we're not sure what to think of this. You know, you playing video games late into the night. So, you know, it was it was a thing. I wanted to tell him, well, now I want to go back in the time machine and tell him, my good man, this is the biggest industry on the planet, and I am just super culturally relevant. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you should have said. Yeah, but at the time, I just said, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Didn't we should stop, actually get into our topic. Anything. We should actually get into our topic since you've got another interview coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, which is about being culturally relevant, our topic. So uh, we got any sound bites? We got, uh, we got Christopher Lloyd. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah, smack talk. It's all going to die. So let's head into our topic. You know, Paul made uh, the statement that I became what, all what, things. What, what, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was no, just going to say, ahead. why don't fine, you read? Fine. You, can inter- you can interrupt the Bible. It's okay <laughs> with me. I was going to say, why don't you introduce the topic? Because I, I couldn't remember what it was again. I didn't realize that's what you were heading into. So my bad. It's okay. Yeah, so Paul, he, you know, mentions that I become all things to all people that I might reach some. And 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 that's a that in itself is a very very powerful statement. That scripture by the way is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and um if you get a chance church planner um sit down and read that sometime and just kind of wrestle through it. One of the things that we do in um, the multiply training that I do with Nam is we take guys through Bible study and we're training our trainers. We actually take them through this verse. And Paul says, you know, he makes a kind of carrying on from our earlier conversation. He says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Am I not? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. What he's really saying is he's saying, hey, um, you know, I I can do whatever I want. And then he goes on and he's talking about how he's free. But then he talks about how he hasn't made use of all of his freedoms, right? So, for example, like, you know, right now, uh, some people know that I've stopped drinking beer. Um, so I can work with them. It's just this policy that they have. And I've told guys, Hey, I'm going on a fast because right now I'm going to train more guys 
and affect more change. And it's something I'm, I'm not happy like to stop drinking beer. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not some woohoo because I really like beer. It's a freedom I have, but it's something that in order to reach more people right now, it's something I'm willing to do. If I weren't willing to do it, I, if beer were that big of a deal, A, I'd probably have a problem. And B, I'm not actively church planning right now anyways. So it's not like it's even culturally relevant for me. Um, I, I prayed and I was like, Lord, right now while I'm working for Nam, my number one thing is to reach my street. Well, another guy on my street just came to faith last week. So, you know, it, it's important to me that I am actually, uh, able to reach people. But right now it's, it's for the sake of the gospel. So I can train planners. It's something I'm willing to submit and to restrict my own freedom. And that's where Paul comes from. And I don't want to sidetrack into all that, but what Paul says and they, that Paul's a missionary. Paul's going into that, that he's going to restrict some of his freedoms. He says, um, one of them is uh, working full-time. He says, I don't have to work full-time. I could ask for you to pay for me. He says, but I'm not going to. Because I feel that, he says, in the same way the Lord commanded those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But Paul says, but I'm not going to do that. It's a right I have, but I'm not going to. And he says, but I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. And then Paul's going to say, verse 19, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I may win more of them. So Paul goes under a type of bondage. And what he's specifically going to mention here is he goes back under the constraints of the law to reach the Jews but when he goes to the Gentile, he comes out from that. And he says, to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, then I might win those under the law. Becomes a strategy. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ. Then I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in the blessings. Um, so, you know, church planner, what, what I would start by asking you today is as you're looking at your city, the first thing I would ask is, you know, when you're looking at reaching people, um, do you want to be a church that reaches a broad cross section of people, or do you want to be a, a church that reaches a very narrow um, cross section of people? And that's an important question to to work through because Paul here, we know that Paul considered himself an apostle to the Gentiles, but Paul also starts even when he's an apostle to the Gentiles, he starts off by going into the synagogue. And he tries to reach both. And there is a certain point at which Paul strategically says, from now on, I go to the Gentiles. I'm only going to them. And, you know, even Jesus, when he came, he only went to the Jews. And so I can remember years ago reading Rick Warren's book, uh, uh, Purpose Driven Church. Gosh, that took me a second. I'm getting old. 
And that was a long time ago when that came out. But Purpose Driven Church came out, and Rick Warren's whole premise on that was that he knew who he was trying to reach. And he said, I aimed for the upperly mobile, middle class, white, male, yuppie in Orange County, which is predominantly, um, it's not that everyone in there is that, but in, in the area where he was at, um, there was a lot of those guys. And he thought, I'm going to reach them because nobody is. And so he tailored everything that he did to reach them. Now, what's interesting is that once somebody has success, everybody around America looks to that person and goes, I'm going to do that in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't work, right? It doesn't. If you go to set a yuppie church in, you know, um, rural Louisiana, that's not going to work. I'm getting ready to speak to those guys, Lane Corley and the guys that multiply down there. Um, it's not the same multiply as what I train, but, um, I'm getting ready to speak to duck dynasty country. Mountain man is actually in that area from duck dynasty. He's actually a pastor and he's in that area. They do slow him down for TV, by the way, but, um, I'm getting ready to go there and speak. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, basically, uh, you couldn't do that there, but the question that I want to raise, I'd be interested to, to hear your thoughts on this, Pete, um, you know, we can see both Jesus and Paul hitting cross sections of culture. But you get the idea that Jesus really doesn't just want to reach the Jew. And Paul makes the point for the Jew first, then for the Gentile. That was the order of salvation appearing. Um, but ultimately, God wants to save everybody, all types of people. And Paul makes that statement in the pastoral epistles. What do you think about limiting who you're going to reach for a time? You mean as far as <clears throat> who you target? Well, for me, it ties in perfectly with what we talked about a couple of weeks ago of great marketing repelling as much as it attracting. And it's something that a lot of people just don't understand about marketing, but it's kind of the same way with this in that what I teach all of my clients is uh, what I call the ABCs of marketing. It always starts with who is your audience? What's the bait that's going to get your audience to respond? And then what's the channel that you want to use where you can put that bait and it's going to reach that audience? So I remember Rick Warren talking about Saddleback Sam and Saddleback Samantha. That was their avatars. And they knew those people. And it it does absolutely start with who your audience is, having your avatar, knowing who are you trying to reach. And once you've got that, it makes everything else so easy because you know who you're trying to reach. And so what I tell my clients is I go, you know, let's think like in in the business world, we're thinking about getting more business, bringing more clients, customers, patients, whatever it is. Right. And so I'll even say, pick a, a client of yours who is your ideal client. Let's look at them. Let's look at their characteristics. How old are they? Are they married? First marriage? Second marriage? Do they have kids? Are the kids um, still in the house, out of the house? Uh, What kind of cars do they drive? Where do they go for vacation? Where do they live? Where do they go for recreation? Where do they go out to eat? Um, Who do they hang out with? Where do their kids go to school? If they're, you know, if they have kids, all that stuff. And once you know that person and you're like, okay, this is my version of Saddleback Sam or Saddleback Samantha, it makes everything else so easy because then you can look at that person and go, okay, 
how do I reach this person in my community? So the term that I use is bait, right? Because that's a marketing term. How I would use it with this is, you know, not necessarily bait because I'm not trying to hook someone in, but how do I reach that audience? How do I go connect with that audience? Um, what's the coffee house that they go to if they're coffee drinkers, right? What's the bar they go to if they're, you know, a different kind of drinker? <laughs> um, and, and once you know that, then it makes everything else so easy. So I totally agree with that. You're muted, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yes. You know, the the reality is, and, and I think it's funny that you mentioned Saddleback Sam, because that's exactly who he profiles. And he actually has a picture of him. I know. You know, and, uh, and, and, and so, you know, everything you mentioned was, who are you thinking of when you go? I remember setting and training a, a church planner, um, and we were training him to train more church planners. And he was a good guy, and he was, you know, his heart was in the right place. And he said, "I, we are reaching everybody in our community." And I said, "Oh," I said, "That's cool." And uh, what are you doing? And so he started to tell me, and um, I said, "Now that's great." Break the different, and this is how I think you start finding when he says all things to all people. Who are all people, right? Because I think really what most of us can say with Paul is I became some things to some people to reach some. Mm. Paul says I became all things to all people to reach some. When you look at what we have today, um, and, and you see how broad Paul is. You know, we talked about video games for me. If that's the biggest industry on the planet right now, um, you, <laughs> I know it's bigger than Hollywood. You know, the video game industry is just boom and everybody's playing it. And I don't even know if mobile phones would be that exciting without video games. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, it, it drives everything. It's bigger than music. It's bigger than film. Video games are huge. To, to, I'll go to, I, I rarely meet a pastor who goes, I like to play a video game. And I think, you know, the vast majority of, of pastors out there are like, that's stupid. That's a waste of time. And I think, man, you guys are out of touch. And, and I'm not saying that just because that's one of the things I enjoy, but, um, it's just a, it's just an observation. Um, but, but here's the deal. We look at being all things. To all people, you first have to ask the question, who are all th- all people? Um, so I asked this gentleman I, you know, that, that we were training. I said, look, who? Uh, tell me all the different people in your community. And he started listing them out. And, and first I asked him, um, tell me about the different areas in your community. And so he he started listing off, in particular, um, he got to one side of the river and I guess I can't remember what city he lived in, but on one side of the river was where like the, you know, the, the urban projects were and things like that. And I said, Oh, I said, what are you doing to reach those people? And there was like a long pause and you could see his, his, you know, his, his gears were ticking and smoke started to come out of his ears. He was thinking really hard. And then he just kind of looked a little bit defeated and said, we're not doing anything for those people. Mm. And, 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 and those are the moments, by the way, 
that when you're working with a church planner or another leader, those are what we call breakthrough moments, right? Where uh, just minutes before he had been really proud that they have, and, and, and I, like I said, their heart was in the right place. They really wanted to reach the cross section of their city, but they suddenly realized we're not reaching. We are a very limited, and he realized, he said, this is about half the people in our city and we're not doing any for them. And I said, well, who is? <laughs> And he struggled and he said, you know what? Most churches are in my part of the city reaching the same people we're reaching. And again, that was like the second breakthrough moment. And we were like, well, what would it look like to become all things to all men? One of the things I really like to point out, and of course, those of you that have read Reaching the Unreached, ching, becoming Raiders of the Lost Art. You know that we break down Acts 1-8, where Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem's your area. That's where you're already at, right? Those are the people like you. They're Jews like you. They're in Jerusalem. They're celebrating the same holiday, Passover. They're, they're people that are right next to you. They're people that are easy for you to reach. That's your Jerusalem. You don't have to even cross the street. That's your neighborhood. Judea are the people a little bit further out. And I don't mean geographically. The beauty of Judea was church planning happened organically, but they didn't have the temple courts. They didn't have all the conveniences of their homes. They were strangers in a strange land. And then lastly, you've got Samaria. You know, we've got the ends of the earth after that, but Samaria are the, for lack of a better term, they were the dirty people. You know, they were the like the the people that had Fox News existed for Jerusalem in those days. Uh, they would have turned on Fox News and Samaritans would have been on there and they would have gone, oh, tis, tis. They would have shaken their heads and judged them and been disgusted by those Samaritans. And so one of the things I always like to point out, and by the way, that's how Jews thought of Gentiles in general. So to go to Samaria was like, mm-mm, the ends of the earth is is the Gentiles, but for Paul and for Peter to become all things to all men, Paul had been set free from that. But Peter needed that vision three times to go to those people. And so one of the things I like to say is, who are people that we're not reaching? And of course, if you ask a young person, today, who is the church not reaching? They're going to tell you it's the LGBT community and transgender community. I like to throw out the question with church planners. What does being all things to all men look like for them? If you want to reach that community, what's that look like? That's a, that's a big question, right? Black lives matter. How do you reach, how do you reach that cross section of, of society? Um, how do you reach, uh, <laughs> how do you reach the nerds in your community? A lot of nerds in my community. <clears throat> That's easy. You actually have a video game contest at your house? No, you have a tabletop board game strategy conference. <laughs> See, I'm not a nerd. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, actually, me neither. But I did read a book uh, about the founder of Dungeons and Dragons, actually, last year. Um, and he, well, man, now that is nerddom right there, playing tabletop games. If you do that, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but you are a nerd. <laughs> and that's okay. 
we love you for it. You're all things to all men. Well, you're, you're a nerd for nerds, but, uh, you can reach them. And by the way, there are very much people infiltrating that. We, uh, uh, we, we, we both know a guy. He was part of the brony community and a little bit of a celebrity in the brony community. He's a guy that makes my films, but he's like, you know what? I, I, I wasn't really into my little pony. It was just some of my friends were into it. I admired the technical work on the show. And he goes, but I realized there was a gospel in here. And he started going to that stuff and he knew a lot about it. I know it's, it's the most bizarre thing, but. I remember you meeting. started out that line by saying he admired the technical aspect of my little pony. <laughs> hey, I'll have, you know, the, uh, I've never, my kids watch it. I've never actually really watched an entire episode. I've seen it, but I recognize the artwork because some of the people that worked on that artwork worked on Batman animated series. And I will tell you, there are some superior animation going on in Batman. So I'm just saying. So when he said that, I, I got it, but still for me too far, I couldn't make that jump ever. Thank you, Lord, for not calling me to reach the brony community. But I can tell you, I did have a little foray into nerd evangelism. That, that would make such a great office. Becoming what? a nerd to reach the nerds. Um, I, here, I think I'm here in the beginning of another podcast. Oh yeah, baby. But, but when I was in high school, I very much, many of you don't know that I became an RN and I finally submitted. I felt like the Lord was calling to me to be an RN. I needed credits to graduate, tried to take an electronics course. My car blew up. It was 40 minutes away. <laughs> the nursing one was right around the corner. And it, it's a big, long story, but God kept telling me to do this. And I kept saying no. And to make a long story short, I became an RN. And at the time, I thought, I'm going to go reach people dying of AIDS because they're the modern day lepers. And, uh, anyways, <laughs> the end of the story is on in high school around this time, I'm still thinking, who are we not reaching? And I looked and I'm not going to lie. I was cool. I was a Christian, but I was a really cool. I was, a, I was a Christian when people bumped into me and I told them I was a Christian. They're like, well, that makes sense why you're, why you're nice. But you know, like, Normally people found out as a Christian because they asked me where to buy drugs because I look like I was from the red hot chili peppers, which you still do. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anthrax. I get anthrax. I actually look yeah. a lot like the lead singer from anthrax. And yeah. I did sell that guy a pair of boots when I was a cowboy boot salesman. When you were a cowboy boot salesman. Yeah. I actually met Motley Crue. One of the guys from Motley Crue that way. Cause uh, in the eighties, man, cowboy boots were hot. When I was in Huntington Beach, many people don't know, but Motley Crue had a house in Huntington Beach. Well, I mean, and, it makes uh, perfect sense. Cowboy boots, Huntington Beach. Yeah, we're yeah, near the beach. I, right? I mean, yeah, I should be the most amazing salesman on the planet. Should but I be. wasn't a very good salesman. No. I, I, people would come in and I'd be like, yeah, this is kind of lame. I just I just got a job here because my friend was working here and he said, you get me a job at 15. That was kind of how that happened. But anyways, where was I going? So I anyways, know. I'm looking around and I'm going, man, you know, nerds, they need Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned this because I, I got to be careful how I tell this story. But uh, 
because I, I don't want to be throwing people under the bus that don't deserve to be. <laughs> I'd love to throw people under the bus <laughs> that in my own self-righteousness, I believe they need to be thrown under. But I don't believe these people need to be thrown under. So I was uh, I was talking with this uh, particular pastor this one day. And uh, at his particular church, I noticed that they were doing a, a book club. You would probably love that. And uh, and like every, I don't know, every Thursday or something in the summer, they're all reading books. And um, I just remember saying to him, I go, you know, what? I was thinking about that. And totally, I, you know this about me. I'm totally not interested in going to some book club, reading some book that I would never in a million years pick up and read. Doesn't connect with me. And I was like, you know what? I was just thinking, I got this big old movie theater. Well, not big old movie theater, but a big old movie screen. And and I love to watch movies. I think I'm going to do a movie club. We're just not a nation of readers. Like, I realize pastors read. You guys love to read. You specifically have done like three one-hour videos on, let me show you guys my books and my library. Because you guys. Not even done, baby. I got so much more of that coming. But see, you guys love. But that's not the average person. I'm like, the average person watches movies, TV, YouTube. Plays video games. Plays video games. And video games isn't my deal, but I love. We've got. We've got an old uh, system. We got the Wii, right? And the Wii up on the 100 inch screen when you got four people playing Mario Kart, that is actually a lot of fun, man. That is just <laughs> cool. It is. Oh, on your screen, man. Oh, yeah. It's like having your own TV set. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, maybe that's what I need to do is just take advantage of the fact that I got this big old screen and I can have people over because that would connect to people who I would connect to. You know, you're talking about being all things to all people. I realize that somebody's got to reach the book reader, but it's also not me. Like, I'm not that guy. That's rad. I don't know if that well, makes Well, you know, sense. so I, I joined the astronomy club. Did you? That's actually kind of cool. Uh, yeah. You know, so I'm in high school and I, they're like, hello. Um, <laughs> I'm, are you lost? And I go in and I'm like, it, it was awesome, dude. It was like, it was like Millhouse from, from the Simpsons. I mean, it was great. And I walk in and I kid you not, I'm thinking, and this is mean, I'm sorry, but I walked in thinking I'm so much cooler than all these people, <laughs> but they need Jesus. Dang it. Hurry up, nerds. Get saved. I, I got cooler clubs. I got to go to <laughs> even the science club. No, but you know what? The, the cool thing was, is I was like, this is going to be rad, man. I know nothing about stars. And what was really funny is how accepting of a community they were. And I was really, you know, I, I was just infiltrating to to reach them for Jesus. But I did kind of want to learn astronomy at the same time. Once they found out I had a car, it was all over. Like, you have a car? I'm like, yeah, man. You're like, and a girlfriend. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> You'd be like there. They're God. They'd I be was like, like wow, a God among them. You've got a car and a girlfriend. <laughs> I had to prevent them from sacrificing <laughs> me, like Paul and Apollos. Um, uh, the car of a God and not of a man. Sorry, is this too far? It really, we're starting to go off the rails. Yeah, but uh, but but again, you know, uh, the cool thing is is that. In your church, if you can, it, it's really simple because it's not just good enough for us to say, hmm, for the people, 
what I'm trying to reach in my city. It's not enough to do that. It's not enough just to gather information that we do so many studies and, you know, surveys and all that kind of stuff. It's not enough. What's really cool is you take this back and you have your people. You do this together. You go away for a half day. You do a retreat. You 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 meet with your people. You have a talk about it on a Sunday. You get them excited. You talk about this passage. You get your congregation excited about reaching their own people. And you sanctify and you redeem these activities for the gospel. You you Because you, you know what? In, in my congregation, guaranteed, there's going to be someone out there who's a closet nerd. He's Mr. Cool at church, but he's a closet nerd, and he's got a big old telescope, right? And he's going out in the desert, and he's thinking, I wish church people wanted to do this, but he's got his community. And you sanctify this, and you help people reach our community. And the importance of that is training, and that's what reaching the unreached is really about. And by the way, I did not, ching I did not plan this subject today to be a showcase for reaching the unreached. It just happens to fit. And that is once you mobilize your people to be missionaries, you will reach all men. You won't do it yourself. Your church plants programs won't do it. But if you can learn the secret of equipping and empowering and releasing people in their gifts, this will naturally happen. Hmm. I dig you it, man. Nerds. I dig it. You have video game players. You have geeks. Geeks? No, nah, I'm a geek. I'm not a nerd. But What's I am a the geek. difference? There is a total difference because geeks are into things like Marvel superhero. Geeks are into the cool stuff that you're supposed to have grown out of, but you didn't, but it's not nerdy. Well, what do you do if like you got a pastor who hasn't grown out of all this stuff, but he still needs to take care of payroll and insurance and uh, taxes for his church. He wants to stay IRS compliant. What's he do in that situation? That's easy. You hire a nerd to do it for you. Where might be a good nerd that you could find for that? Yeah, the best nerds that can help you out and do all the nerdy stuff that if you're a geeky pastor you don't want to do is you go to simplifychurch.com. Wait, and they'll what was do that? all the nerd stuff. What was that? Simplifychurch.com? Simplifychurch.com. And tell them Peyton and Pete sent you. Be sure to tell them for us, hey, nerds, thanks for doing what you do for <laughs> church planners. That's, that's exactly how we want you to uh, to end your call with Josh. When you get a hold of Josh on the phone, just say, hey, nerd, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, <laughs> we got there in the end. We really did sidetrack a lot today. We did. But, uh, hey, I have no toilet at my house, right? Like, that affects your brain after a while. <laughs> we really just need to finish this podcast, like, really soon. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going, like the Astronomy Club, and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music.